0: Down by the bay, I like to play a six string song Up comes the sun, and it's looking for fun, I know it won't be long There's a girl that's so yummy, Yet she looks at my tummy And that's when I knew I'm just a fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt But I could be worse if I drink a lot, oh my head does hurt cause I'm a fat guy
1: And I probably always will be Welcome, everybody, back to the Love Florida Realtor Podcast. My name is Mark Hanover. I am a realtor down here in Florida with Keller Williams. And this week, uh, I have a real special treat for you guys. Uh, I was able to interview the newcomer to the Trop Rock World, John Allen Carmack. Uh, This is a really great guy. Him and I sat down at one of my local favorite haunts here a few days ago to do this interview. Um, Spoke a, a pretty good amount of time before the interview. Spoke for... Probably more than an hour after the interview was done and uh, enjoyed a couple adult beverages, and just uh, kind of talked about music and life and his journey to the area of Trop Rock. So without further ado, because it's a long one today, John Allen Carmack. Hello everybody, great away in A1A. This is Mark Hanover with Keller Williams Peace River Partners, and today we are with John Carmack. How you doing, John? I'm well. Awesome, so John is a newcomer to the world of uh, tropical Americana, trap rock and all that other jazz, but he is not a newcomer to the world of music, and may I add, great music. Thank you, sir. Uh, I've had a chance to listen to your stuff here over the last couple of weeks, and uh, you got yourself a sound. Thank you, sir. So that's, that's pretty that. amazing, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, introduce yourself. Who is John? My name is John Allen Carmack. I'm
2: originally from London, Kentucky. And I've uh, been playing music since 1979, 1980 oh, Wow! started okay. out in high school actually junior high I guess and um,
1: and I'm made my way down to Florida between <laughs> between then and now that's awesome That's <laughs> absolutely awesome so um, Lyle Wilson, as you probably know, is a, a kind of a DJ for Radio A1A. And when I very first moved here, he actually he actually said to me, "Did you just like bump your head and wake up in Florida, or like how did that happen? So how did you get from Kentucky to Florida?" Well, let's see.
2: Um, Kentucky. Uh, I was I was born in Detroit, and when I was nine, we moved to Kentucky. Okay. My mom and dad they're from that area. They're okay. from that area, Kentucky, which is London, Kentucky. Southeastern corner, right off of I-75. If you take 75 right here and go north, you'll hit it in about 15 hours. Nice, okay. Uh, so I was raised there, um, went to high school there, all that stuff, and uh, played football. And in, in high school, we had our little high school band, me and my buddy Chuck Stuber. We started a band when we was like in ninth grade. Okay. And uh, doing like the knack. And uh, Billy Joel, The Cars, awesome. stuff like that. You know, the, because that's what popular. That's what was popular at the time. So uh, um, we did that all through high school. I was also in the high school band. I was in band ever since I was in fourth grade. So You just really dig music, then? Oh, I dig it. It's I'm a nerd. Cool. I'm a music nerd. And um, so. All through high school we played music, we started writing songs at a really early time. Chuck, my, my buddy, he was writing songs, you know, right out of the gates, you know. And it took me a while to catch up. I, was, I always uh, pegged myself as a late bloomer. So, um, so, went through high school, had the band, uh, started playing football, got a scholarship. Went off to college to play college ball. After about a year, year and a half of that, I said, I didn't want to do it. I had to play music. My parents about freaked out. Oh, man, they did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went back to the hometown of London, Kentucky. Um, I went to Tennessee Tech University. That's in Cookville, Tennessee. Okay. NAI, that's a NCAA Division II school. Um, I was an offensive tackle, but uh, again, didn't it didn't sit with me you know didn't pan out no i got you so went back home started a band and uh like we were talking before started in like hard rock heavy metal black sabbath judas priest scorpions stuff like that three piece now and i played i played bass and i sang had a guitar player and a drummer and we did rush and all that stuff but then we morphed into more like a, a blues hard rock band Okay. Um, late 60s, early 70s type covers. Robin Trower, Pat Travers, um, Kareem, Hendrix, stuff like that.
1: All right, cool. So was that just a conscious decision one day, or did it just kind of morph into that? Just morphed like, into uh,
2: that, because what right. we were listening to and what we were digging, you all know. Right. Um, went from Judas Priest, and uh, and especially the guitar player I was working with at the time, his name was Jeff McFadden. Uh, he was a young guy, maybe 16, 17 and he was an old soul. He goes, hey, have you heard Humble Pie? I go, yeah, I think I have. So, you know, rocking the Fillmore album, smoking, um, and of course the cream stuff and the Hendrix and all that stuff. Robin Trower especially, which later we got to play with him in a show, which was like, oh my gosh,
1: are we really here? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So you'd say it's one of your early on successes there then? Yeah. The big yeah. ones anyway. Yeah, one of them.
0: You say
2: we got, you know, we got uh, we got to play um, at a place in Lexington, Kentucky called Rhinestones at the time, and uh, we were playing there, and we got to open for anybody that came through. So That's it was cool. like uh, Mark Farner, Graham Funk, uh, Robin Trower, I think Greg Allman too, and wow. yeah, it was that was that was a good night. Marshall Tucker Band, okay, Blackfoot, all those guys. It was it was good to see it was good to see him be a part of something like that because hey this could be us right you know sure you know so yeah it was really cool and especially especially at that time they were all these nostalgics were coming through
1: and uh, um, they were all really cool too you know. yeah but, yeah all right so how does this transition down to Florida at some point here as far as you moving down here so what happened was. Um, our band
2: we were uh, at that point we were called Renegade we put out a record we recorded some original music got our song on the local radio and uh, we were progressing pretty well but you know I started listening to Springsteen and I started listening to Mellencamp and uh, a Minnesota band called the Bodines and and Kind of changed my style a little bit. I wanted to start doing singer-songwriter stuff. Mm-hmm. Springsteen, especially, man. He's he's my he's my guy. <laughs> <All> right, <cool. laughs> and um, so the band kind of fizzled, and then I moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and um, I was a manager for the Musicland Corporation, okay. which is which was when there still was really vinyl stores you know, where we had records and stuff. I can remember packing up my last vinyl and sending it back to the company because we had all CDs coming in. But anyway, oh, wow. so that's so that's what I was doing. So when I moved to Lexington, I, I formed a new band and it was all original, all acoustic based, um, with electric guitar, kind of like Hootie and the Blowfish before Hootie even hit. You know, that's the kind of style we were doing. And, cool. and at that time Lexington was known as uh, like a little Athens mm-hmm. um, like bands like Velvet Elvis and Shakin Family and um, who else? I think those are the two big bands that came out of there. Um, when I say big bands, they, they all got labeled deals and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they, they fizzled later. But that was the kind of the scene, you know, kind of like R.E.M.-ish type of music. But we were more of a a pop rock edge, you know. So we did that. We were in a contest for Double Q. Uh, Again, we touched on success just, you know, just enough to to wet our whistle, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we did very well in the contest. We didn't win, but we had good response and stuff like that. And from there, I moved to Nashville that band kind of fizzled and then I moved to Nashville to be a singer-songwriter and
1: um, to get in that scene and everything and that was a total different world. I am just going to say that sounds kind of crazy actually. Not, yeah. not crazy isn't crazy but just I can't imagine trying to break in in that music scene especially since well, everybody's there.
2: And this was like 91. So in 91 people like Rodney Crowell was hot um, Steve Earle big Steve Earle fan mm-hmm. Rodney Crowell and um, You know, that real country rock kind of scene that's popping up. Nitty Gritty, Dirt Band. You know, they they switched over to country. And, uh, you know, and they were starting to bring that pop element. When I say pop element, you know, it wasn't really hokey country. Mm -hmm. You know, it was more of a a Mellencamp feel and a a Springsteen feel to the new country coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing then and played at the Bluebird many times which is an experience in itself. And it's changed a lot since then because it's more commercial now. Oh, sure, And um, played at a place called, you know, back then in Nashville, there's only like three or four places to do an open mic. And uh, Monday nights was the Bluebird. Tuesday nights was uh, Douglas Corner. And you had to get there. Really early, just to sign your, just put your name on, on the paper. Right. And when they put the paper out, people were just hovering around it, and I'd be writing my name <laughs> upside down. You know, I mean that's how that's how special these places are. And Wednesday was broken spoke with Debbie Champion and her and uh, her uh, open mic, which is still going on. Oh, and cool. i think And I think she's at somewhere down West End somewhere now. But it's been a long time since I played those. But uh, that's where I that's. That's what I did and I was doing pretty good and then I got married well you know screeching halt and for the next uh, well not really screeching halt but during that time my parents my, my dad he retired from uh, coal mining in Kentucky and they moved to Nashville and he bought a Merrymaids franchise. Actually he bought two of them, and uh, I helped him run those. Oh, cool! For twelve years, I guess. But during that time, I got married, and the music kind of just slid aside, kept sliding sure. by. You know, had three kids. You know, and then uh, 2012, that marriage came to an end. It turned out to be a really bad, bad situation. Wow! And. Um, you hit bottom, man, when something like that goes through, you know? Sure. You really learn a lot about yourself. And um, one thing I always wanted to do was still play the music. So as soon as as soon as soon that divorce came came into my life and everything, I started to write songs again and everything like that. But during the time of my marriage, I got into Christian music. I got into writing contemporary Christian stuff. Had a Christian band. Uh, and and did okay doing that, but I was doing it all for the all wrong reasons. You know, thought maybe that would help the situation in my marriage, mm. but it it didn't. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. So I have a, I have a good I have a great place in my heart for gospel music and Christian music, but it's not something I want to pursue. Mm. You know, as you can tell in my in my album, there's a lot of references to to religious. You know, to to hope and faith and and that kind of thing all the way through it, you know? But um, after and during the divorce, you know, I started playing music again. And then, during that time, you know, during my marriage, I didn't get in touch with any of my high school buddies or anything like that. It was kind of like a, uh, how do I say? The marriage was very smothering, you know? Very controlling, you know, and couldn't have friends that kind of thing. When I did, it was anyway. I don't want to get into that too much. But, but uh, a buddy of mine started my first band with Chuck Stuber. He reached out to me. He goes, "John, where you been, man?" I'm going. I told him my situation. He goes, "Hey, our thirtieth uh, high school reunion's coming up. Why don't we get the band back together and play." That's cool. And and uh, I'm like. I'm in. I didn't have a, see, I had a guitar. Oh, this is a good story right here. So, toward the end of my marriage, I was working two full-time jobs. I was a Frito guy, working 50, 60 hours a week. And then i go from a Frito-Lay guy to a security guard at the SunTrust building in Nashville, right next to the Ryman. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I did that for about, a year and a half, and it was death on wheels. Let me tell you, that's, that's burning at both ends there. Yeah, it was terrible, bikers. So um, I didn't have a guitar, and I wanted to get back riding and I was meeting all kinds of people coming through there. Universal Universal Records was right there in that building I worked at, and uh, so I was going to work. I was going to the security guard station one night, and uh, down in the in the central parking area down there in the parking lot um, the central parking manager had a guitar oh, guitar in there you know and I saw that guitar from this homeless guy carrying it around a couple of days prior and I asked the guy I go hey we can do with that guitar and he goes I wasn't gonna give it to my boss John do you play I said I used to hey I go where'd you get it he goes well some homeless guys tried to sleep in the garage and the police came and got him, and he left all this stuff there. And he had this guitar, Man. and uh, he goes, "It's been here for a week or so." He goes, "He goes, I tell you what, if it's still here Friday, I'll give it to you." And it was beat up. It was an old Fender, two hundred dollar tea bucket guitar. So uh, sure enough, I went there Friday. He goes, "Hey, John, your guitar's in there." So he gave me this old guitar it's a beat up, nasty looking case. And uh, I go, what do I owe you? He goes, ah, just give me a cup of coffee. So I went up to Panera and got him a cup of coffee, and there you go. That works. So I restrung the guitar. It wasn't too bad of a guitar. And I sat in the, and you know, when everybody left, because I was there until 1 in the morning, and in this big marble-looking foyer, you know, this bank, you know, I'd, I'd start writing songs right there, and uh, that's cool. That's where that's where it all you know that's where it all came to. I mean, you know, it's all because of grace because this this guy showed me grace to give me this guitar so I can do this thing again. That is so cool. And by the end of that time, you know, but you know, during that time too, you know, we were going through the ends of the of the marriage and all that stuff. So everything kind of just worked out really well. I mean. I don't want to say really well for the music, but still my life was just <laughs> bottomed
1: out. Yeah, I, I feel your pain on that one. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, seriously, no money, no, you know, all my money was gone. Mm-hmm. She got everything, but that's okay, you know. Start from it and be like a phoenix, start at the bottom again and rise up, you know. Exactly right. It took a while. <laughs> it took about okay. five or six years, but that's okay. Sure. So I took that guitar and uh, I started writing songs again. And uh, fast forward again to Chuck, he uh, he got a hold of me, so let's put the band back together. So um, I, I moved in with my folks. They lived in Lebanon, Tennessee at the time. And uh, then I got with um, my buddies back in London, Kentucky, and I drove, It's like a three and a half hour drive, mm-hmm. and we would meet once a month to begin with, to rehearse. I didn't have an electric guitar, I just had that one acoustic. And my buddy, he he always has two or three guitars. He goes, I got a guitar nap. He goes, "Let's, let's start rehearsing. So we started rehearsing, it was me, Chuck, on guitar. Um, and two other football players that we played with in high school, Rick Baker and Kip Jervis. And Kip, he's a, he's a well-known personality around the southern, uh, the southeastern Kentucky area. He's a okay. DJ and all that stuff. He promotes concerts and all that stuff. But cool. He was a drummer. And so we started rehearsing, and the word got out around town that we were back together. And then we started getting gigs. And this was like a year before um, before the reunion. So I'd say maybe three practices in, we started getting gigs. Wow. Yeah, and um, we <laughs> the rest, I mean, that was that was just the, um, I want to say I, I was back to music school, you know. It mm-hmm. took me, so I was with, so we, we did that for about two and a half years. So it took me that long to get up, you know, to get better, to get what I was doing. And then I, practice, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, then I started my own group in the Nashville area called Carmack and the Melody Dusters, which I still have. And um, I go back about twice a year now. We have a couple of gigs up in Nashville area. That's cool. And my guys, they just they know my songs, so we never rehearse. When you're coming in again, you know that kind of thing. So right. So that's what. Uh, so that's where we're at at that time. And then, then I get a job at Amazon. Dang, this is seems like this is a long story. Ah, it's okay. Um, get a job at Amazon Fulfillment Center there in Lebanon. And uh, so start working there. And um, and I meet my future wife, Vicki. And uh, we just started out as friends, wasn't looking for anything. She just went through a bad divorce, I went through a bad divorce. Sure enough, we got together. And our, and our little joke, you know our little saying is you can get anything at Amazon even a spouse <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: it's like the old Sears catalog
2: yeah right yeah. no it, it was the deal of the day
1: <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> so um, we got married and um, she always wanted to move down here and uh, my kids are all grown and I said let's do it so um we came down here when we were dating we came down to the orlando orlando area you know just to just to have a vacation and then uh, we came over here one day and uh, we liked it over here you know and um, so we blindly on september 1st of 2016 we packed up all of our stuff drove through a hurricane
1: that's funny. I, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but keep going, please.
2: Drove through a hurricane to come down here to Tampa, and we put our stuff in storage. We got an extended stay for six weeks until we got jobs. Wow. and until we got until we got us an apartment, and we did. And I started playing. Okay, so, so we did that. So we got us an apartment. And during that time, you know, what do you do in a new area? You start playing the open mics. Sure. So... I looked up, you know, there's a handy app called Open Mic, your local Open Mics, so I looked up, um, the closest one to me at the time where we were staying was in St. Pete, and uh, it was a place called Brewer's Tasting Room on a Saturday night with Charles Mellon and his Open Mic, and it just so happens Charles Mellon was the president of the Open Mic Association in Tampa, St. Pete, hmm, that's pretty cool. So. I go in there on the first open mic I ever played. Went, went in there, and uh, Charles is at the bar, and we were talking, and there was other people, you know, playing, and he was doing his open mic thing. And he put me about middle of the pack. And, uh, yeah, there were some, you know, it was a typical open mic, mm-hmm. you know. So I got up there, and I played The Letter by Joe Cocker. Perfect timing. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played The Letter by Joe Cocker, or the Box so I are going to say it, and I pretty much mowed the road, and everybody's going, okay, who is this guy? You know, after my three songs, I did I did The, the Letter and I did two originals, The Old Kitchen Light, and I um, can't remember, maybe it was Stand, which is not on the album, which is going to be on the next record, mm-hmm. but I um, I did those songs and then afterwards, Charles pulled me aside. And he goes, "Hey, me and you, we're gonna do something." I said, "Okay." And then, um, cool. You know, I played the open mics for a while and then I, I just, I just didn't need them anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just started getting gigs as a solo act. And uh, and a lot of people helped me too. Yeah. And a lot of people help me too. I mean, uh, you know, playing open mics, you meet a lot of people. And uh, this one guy, he goes, "Hey John, I can't do this gig. Can you do it?" I go, "Heck yeah, I can." So when when you get in there and people hear you, "Hey, can you get can you play again?"
0: Play <laughs> can.
2: So me and Charles got got together again, and we started a group called Cornbread Whiskey. And, uh, and I was still doing my solo stuff, and um, Charles is kind of green, but he has a great voice, great baritone, kind of like um, Gordon Lightfoot, James Taylor, that kind of, you know, he does all those songs, and he does them beautifully. So we started rehearsing, and uh, we started getting gigs, and our harmonies, to me, when you have a group, vocals are everything. Yes. I don't care who you are. I don't care. I don't care if you're the best guitar player in the world. If you can't sing, you're not going to hold their attention. You may hold your attention for your for your guitar, but, but vocals are everything. So Charles and I, we worked on our vocals so much, and I told them that I said we got to do vocals. Vocals are everything. Our harmonies were, none, you know, they were fantastic. You know, it's great. And um, man, we were gigging so much. It started out slow, but then. By the time COVID happened, we were every weekend, at least two to three times a weekend, uh, twice during the week, during the month. I mean, we were busy, 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 busy. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And then it shut everything down. You know, of course. Of course. And then during, during the time, you know, Charles had a, a family tragedy and he can't do music anymore. I hope he does music again. You know, mm-hmm. his, his son passed away and, um. Uh, So, of course, his mind's on other things. And we just pray for him and his family every friggin' day. Sure. And um, so, during this time, the album had already dropped, you know. And me and Charles had already discussed on how we were going to promote it together. And whether it's going to be under my name or John Allen Carmack and Cornbread Whiskey. and, 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 And I thought about that and everything, but I started this record before... Um, we even got together, mm-hmm. and so, and he's on it, he's, he does all the background vocals with me, you'll, you'll hear the background vocals and, and the harmony vocals, it's me and him, and, um, but, you know, it's, it's my record, you know, and uh, so I just decided, you know, I'm going to promote it, well, with everything that happened, just promote it as me, and just do it like that, so, and here we are and I'm talking to you that's right and now my stuff's on Radio A1A now your
1: stuff is on Radio A1A <laughs> and a couple other ones too Cruising Country, Radio A yeah. and uh, whatever else Harry Teefer decides and to draw it on there it's
2: on St. Pete too it's on the, um, the Sunshine, Sunshine Radio oh cool 96.7 I believe it is very cool and it's a, a yeah uh, Francis Cole. He runs the local uh, hour. It's two hours every day. Okay. And he's been spinning everything on there. Oh, nice. Also, my buddy Kip, he has a radio station back in London, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Light. It's more um, contemporary Christian stuff, stuff like that, and, uh, gospel radio country. But he's been playing Old kitchen Light, and Grace is the answer. Nice. And uh, I got a Canadian station playing it, too.
1: It's always good to have Canadians on our side. I'm telling I you, we man.
2: <laughs> well, the guy that's playing with me, the guy that's playing with my duo now, I mean, I have so many duo gigs, and he's a Canadian. He's a tall, gray-headed, ponytail Canadian guy. <laughs> and he is cool. His name's L.A. Moore. And he's got another band, too, and, and
1: he's getting ready to record a record. and cool. And he's got great, tasteful guitar playing, you know. Tasteful guitar playing. That's yeah. that's a new version. I, what is tasteful guitar playing, man? Just plays for the song, man. Oh, that's good. Okay. Place for the song. <laughs> There's no Eddie Van Halen licks or Randy you. Rhodes
2: or or Just hey that. or hey, look at me, I can right. do this. <laughs> Forget about the song, you know. No, he's very tasteful, very, very Van Morrison, very, you know, that kind of stuff. Very, cool. which I really love that kind of stuff. So
1: that's good to hear. So, what are some of the the goals here? For, for Mr. Carmack? Just, uh well, right now I'm, you know, of
2: course playing Tiki Bars and stuff like that, doing covers, plus throwing in some original stuff. Thank you, bro. and um, I want to try to get out of that, but it's like a double-edged sword when you're doing that stuff. You're staying active, you're keeping your, vo- my, my vocals have been, they've been the best they've ever been, mm-hmm. you know. Even even when I have a little cold like I have now, but uh, um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You're doing somebody else's stuff, but then again, you know, you throw in a couple of your originals. But my goal is bigger stages, mm-hmm. better tours, that kind of thing. Okay. And uh, pushing the record as much as I can. Now, COVID has kind of stifled that. So I would imagine. Yeah because there's nobody doing any concerts at the moment you know any big things or anything like that but that just gives me time to prepare you know to my list of goals of of getting it to somebody that maybe can get me better gigs that Mm -hmm. kind of thing you know bigger stages better more exposure exposure is everything now it doesn't matter if i sell 20 million thousand of these if somebody hears it and likes it and once you put it, put me on a festival or something like that, right there, maybe two thousand people that'll hear me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get the clicks and stuff
1: like that's that. That's how we're going. going. Yeah. So that's my goal. So you started, uh, like you said, in the late seventies, mm-hmm. mid-ish, late seventies, uh, as far as music goes, and obviously you're still hip-deep in it now. What are some of the positive changes, what are some of the negative changes that you've seen as far as the music scene and and living your life in that world?
2: Wow, that's a good question. Um, Positive thing is, live music is, is it, you know? Now that the record companies, you know, you don't make much money at all on songs being placed or anything like that, because if you notice now, because of the internet, there's three 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 or four people on a songwriting credit. You know, hardly anybody on a, a solo credit or anything like that. You know, everybody's doing it. Everybody's got to have a piece of the pie. You know, as far as making money, as far as your songwriting and everything like that, it's very minimal, you know. That's why you have to do the live show. You got to you got to got to do your live thing. That's that's a positive thing about about uh, playing now is, you know, there's a lot of live stuff to do, you know. Uh, back in the day, your goal was the record deal, you know, the record deal. you got to have that record deal. And, by, and you know, you get the record deal by the third record, you know, you're going to be big as Springsteen, you know, or mm-hmm. bigger than Def Leppard or bigger than ACDC or, you, you know. But that's gone away, you know. It's all flash in the pan now, you know. Um, not really interested uh, about a big label picking me up or anything like that. I like to do it yourself model. Mm-hmm. Um, see negatives. I guess you could say the there are no labels out there looking for you. Right. You know you're not going to get that big big thing. But uh, but it's a different world now because of the internet. Sure. You know you can make your own. I'm 55 years old. I'll be 56 in December. Um, you think they're going to be looking at me? Do I look like uh, you know? A 16-year-old kid with a high voice? No,
0: I'm not.
2: (laughs) But, you know, I think I have what it takes in my age group. You know, there's people out there that are still buying music, you know, that are still looking for to go out on a Saturday night or to buy that concert ticket when it comes back around, you know. Um, some you know I'm 55, so I, I target people 10 years younger and 10 years older, and everybody okay. in between. Makes because, sense because because that's the style of my music, you know. Bob Seger, Springsteen, Cougar, um, Waylon, Willie, you know, that whole Hank Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of feel. But even though my stuff is a little bit more of a pop flavor you know melody is i mean we we're talking about the cookie monster bands and stuff there's no melody in that I, melody is very important to me as you can as you can probably tell us my songs you
1: know. uh, yeah i i gotta tell you when i very first um john was kind enough to send me some samples of his music before uh because he had just been introduced to harry uh not too long before him and i very first spoken uh like i said he was kind enough to send me some and one of the things that really struck me about your music first of all was your voice oh thank you so kudos to you um which is not always the the case with a lot of music you know um and second of all was the melody aspect of it um there was a conversation before we started uh recording where i was talking about uh gorilla music we'll, right. we'll we'll leave off the other description i i, I gave you <laughs> um, just in case there's someone younger than 18 listening but um uh, i i am very melodic in the music that i like I, I like when i can i can hear the talent up front right or, or easily um as opposed to some of the heavier 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 stuff where like okay i know that there's talent that went into this um I can't find it, but I know that there is, uh, and I couldn't do but it. But that I type of music, to. you have to see it. That's probably very true too, you know, because how um, they play it, you
2: know, like the drums and the bass, you know, you know. Yes. But melody, Elton John. Think of yes, Elton John songs. A, a, exactly. Think of even Chris Stapleton now, and and Jason Isbell, and, and Jason Isbell, buddy. I'm getting chills what I'm just talking about, <laughs> you know, and Stapleton too, and, and uh, um and Springsteen, let's go. Let's go to Springsteen. Seventy-something years old and still relevant. Sure. And he still delivers with excellent stuff. Sure. You know his two new songs are so good. Yeah. You know.
1: But yeah, melody. It's yeah. You know, that's well, what it is. He's kind of in that category now with some of the um the truly greats, right? Yeah. Like uh, your Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, immediately pops to my mind. Um. Name someone else in the, their seventies right now that's still going. Well, um, like Elton John, Elton John even yeah. uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. You know, they're they're proving that their talent goes beyond just. And if Petty uh, was alive, uh, Petty, sure. oh Petty, my God, absolutely. We can talk about him for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but um, it was kind of nice when I turned on your your music because I mean I I hear a bunch of new people come on all the time and and radio A and in and gets a lot of new people yeah. all the time, but uh, your stuff really jumped out. Pretty, well, thank you. Pretty gosh darn quick. So I appreciate um, that. If you have not heard John's stuff here recently, I, I heavily encourage you to request him on Radio A1A or look Please him out. Do. Uh Before we end the interview, I'm going to let him whore himself out a little bit, and um, <laughs> like I let everybody, and uh, let you know where you can get his stuff. But uh, I strongly encourage everyone to check him out and listen to his uh, new album here. Um, so as far as Kentucky Motel goes... Where does yep. that come from? What's well? I'm a Kentucky boy. You know, even though
2: I was born in Detroit, but I was raised in Kentucky. And there's a lot of Kentucky in this in this album, and especially the song Sugar Creek, okay. the Jessica's Jig, and Sugar Creek. The intro is is a, is a um, instrumental that I played around the house, and my daughter Jessica just loved it. That's why I call it Jessica's Jig. And um, then it goes into a song called Sugar Creek. That's where my dad's from. Okay. okay. Sugar Creek, Kentucky, up in uh, Leslie County, Kentucky. And uh, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful up there. It's the last house up the holler. <laughs> and, and the line in the song is, uh, up on Sugar Creek where all my kinfolk meet, my daddy born and raised, up the holler at the old place. Mm-hmm. There's an old place, the old homestead, which is about a mile and a half up the holler you drive up there we drive up you know the, the mountain mm-hmm. and uh, the only thing left there of the old place is a, a chimney, a stone chimney. And uh, every time we went up there we got surrounded by rattlesnakes or something. It's you know it was back in the day. But in that area, Kentucky where where, where my dad grew up, um, Henry Ford used to own all that land up in there back in the day. Oh wow. Because he used the timber off of it to line to line the floors of his Model As and his Model T. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And every year, every year, they have a some kind of Tinsley parade from Manchester, Kentucky, all the way up through that home. So to, to commemorate that, to, to commemorate Henry Ford and all that stuff. And I didn't know that until a couple years ago. But it's cool. But uh, yeah, that area right there. That's it's it's beautiful. It's, it's a piece of heaven, I call it. Um, my brother, he passed away in 2012. Sorry, it's okay. He's he's in a better place. But um, we buried him up there on the on the holler. That's good. And then my mom passed about two years ago. We buried him right beside it. So they're all up on Sugar Creek, you know. And uh, it's got a special place, man. Say it sounds like a special song, then. Yeah. And uh, I wrote that when I was like maybe 16, 17. Yeah. And I've had it. I've had it in my bag ever since. You know, one of these days, my grandpa. Every time I come up, when when he was living, he'd go, hi, hey, you gonna play that Sugar Creek song?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> sitting on his sitting on his porch. You know, out, out. You know, and out there looking at Sugar Creek. You know, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. So on the record. There's a lot of songs, you know, there's a handful of songs that I've had for many years. Mm -hmm. But then there's four new ones. I think there's four new ones. Let me count them. Yeah, four. Well, maybe five kind of new ones. But four new ones I wrote when I moved here. Okay. And the ones I wrote when I moved here was The Lights of Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And that one, I was like, you know, I think I need a Tampa Bay song you know makes sense
1: and especially just, if you're gigging around the town it's yeah, kind of helpful
2: right yeah and so I wrote it you know there for about maybe three months I was pretty prolific as far as the writing just came out of me okay and I wrote maybe twelve or fifteen songs and out of it came Lights of Tampa Bay Kentucky Motel which um, you know for extra money uh, Vicki and I we you know we do Grubhub and Uber and So I was Ubering down Fourth, Fourth Street, or the Fourth Avenue, Fourth Street or something in St. Pete, and it was right at dusk. And there's a Kentucky Motel down there with that big lighted sign. So I stopped, and that's what, and that's what the cover is. That's what that
1: is. That's great. You know, yeah, for, for those of you that can't see this, although I'm sure you'll order it, there is a neon sign that literally says Kentucky Motel Vacancy. It's beautiful. It's, it's and, beautiful. Uh, I dig that kind of look actually, so it's kind of a cool outfit. Yeah, cover. it's old
2: school. It's, yeah. it's like 60s uh, Motor Lodge. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's real. It's real. Uh, um, oh, what's the word? Um, I don't know. That's kind Nostalgia. of Americana. Yeah. Americana, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, um,. I said to myself, "Wow, that's a song right there." Yeah. So I wrote "Kentucky Motel," and it's kind of a dark song. Mm-hmm. But at that period in my life, I was I was in a dark I was yeah. in a dark time. 2017 dark place, yeah. was was not a good year emotionally, mm-hmm. having to do with my children and everything. But um, I played uh, at the Hideaway one night, opening for uh, Steve Stephen Paul Conley. Uh, him and his band. Uh, what's it? Lesser Gods, I forget the name of their band, but uh, Steve Conley's one that produced my record. That's where I uh, recorded it, at Zen Studios here in St. Pete. Mm-hmm. And Steve, he is a local hero in St. Pete, I come to find out. He had a band called The Headlights in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, him and uh, the drummer, Danny DePetria and Danny, if you're listening, you're like the best drummer I've ever seen in my life. Shut up. You are. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Come on. Jeez. Jeez. Golly. But no, Danny. uh, Anyway, they were uh, the backing band for Roger McGuinn on his comeback tour in 89. They toured the world with Roger McGuinn for the birds. He's got so many stories, man. I was sitting there going, okay, tell me another one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell me another one. That's always cool. But... But I was um, but he had me and Charles open for him at the, at the hideaway one night and I closed with Kentucky motel and um, a friend of ours his, his girlfriend she pulled me aside she goes, what is that song about he goes, you got to tell me what it's about I haven't really thought about it too much because because it didn't really hit me until then right and uh, and it's about loss it's about it's about moving on never going back to what you had mm-hmm. you know even though the song kind of ends ends kind of dark but you know and then there's american gold that's a new one it's it's americana song all the way mm-hmm. you know it's about how i grew up i guess it's, it's just like a checklist of everything you see in a small town sure. and um and what you see in uh, in like the tennessee valley and all that like, uh, oh, you see all these barns going to Sea Rock City, you know. That's always been, you know, or see Ruby Falls, you know. I don't know if you've ever been to Chattanooga. I have. Have you, have you been to Ruby Falls? I have been to Ruby Falls. <laughs> that's a fact. You know, and you've been to Rock City and all that? Oh, yeah. And uh, 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 Sea Rock City painted on a painted on the side
1: of a barn, man. Come on, man. That's, that's what I grew up with. Uh, famously, within my family anyway, um, I'm kind of like the tourist geek Um, oh cool you know if you say if you say like okay world's biggest ball of yarn like okay we're off (laughs) um, for, for people from Florida orange world if you ever heard of Orange World over in Orlando. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, that, I have. that was it. Like, I was out, I was over there and I go there every time I buy it. Just because it's Orange World and that's what you do. That's cool. You know, giant <laughs> building shaped like an orange. How the hell can you not go, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so when you say things like see Ruby Falls and stuff, like, absolutely that. And me and Vicki have
2: a. Every, every time we go back home, we see those signs and we look at each other and say,
1: we got to go there sometime yeah <laughs> it's worth the trip yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely.
2: the other song i wrote uh, recently is grace is the answer again american gold grace is the answer tampa bay and kentucky motel they were all written
1: one right after the other yeah you know in a sequence of maybe three weeks four weeks do you find you do that often where you start getting on a, a song tangent and then you just kind of go yeah, yeah, it comes and goes. Right now, I'm
2: in a lull, okay. but it's coming back because I've I've uh, I keep a notebook with me, as you can see. Okay. I keep my phone with me. Makes and, sense. You know, that's my that's my notepad. You know, a lot of people, a lot of new songwriters or are, are, uh, songwriters now just use their phone. I gotta have the written thing. I gotta write it down if I have if I have an inspiration. But uh, inspiration's been coming lately. But it's but I, but I think it's because. You know, everything worried about the record and, and everything that's happened in the last year, 2020, sucked. So far, yeah. You know, and and, and, and it's all hit home, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but now Inspiration's coming out. But Grace is the Answer. Um, I want to say it's my favorite cut off the, track, off the album. Yeah. Because it's just... It's just a, I think it's a remedy of what we need today, you know, where you analyze your life and what would you do different if you could go back, you know. Okay. I'd be a little bit nicer to people, you know. From here on in, I want to be a little bit nicer to everybody I meet, you know. That's the key because you don't know what you're going through. Sure. I don't know if you're going through something hard, you know, that, that may be why this gentleman over here has got a sour look on his face or, or he's kind of curt to you, or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, she's having a bad day.
1: You know, just show love, man. Be nice. Yeah. Especially Be nice. right now. I mean, you, everyone's going through so much yeah. weirdness. Just, and that's the best word for it. Right now, this whole year is, other than sucking, just been weird. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And uh, grace is something Hello, that you
2: give that you don't deserve. Somebody right. doesn't deserve. And uh, you know when you bowl down to it that's what God's done with us. I mean if you're a believer you know he gives us grace every day he gives us grace to breathe you know to see the sun to see the stars to see the sky now I'm getting kind of hippie on you
1: <laughs> and no we're not smoking anything folks no that was that was 83 I was Bob Marley back then up there. Yet. <laughs> Three little birds. Yeah. Three little birds. (laughs) All right. No woman, no crime. (laughs) Well, that's what you were thinking around 2012. Yeah, Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, really?
1: (laughs) That's good. I like that. It's okay. It's around 2012. No, I was like, no woman, yes, 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 Exactly, yeah. yeah. I I can relate to that a lot. (laughs) Um, okay, so we've been at this for 45 minutes, and Harry's probably wondering, Dear Jesus, are there we're gonna shut up? Um, how can, how can folks get a hold of you for uh gigs or get your music or, or all the different stuff that you do to, to support well, yourself here?
2: Right now, I'm on Facebook, okay, it's under John okay. Allen Carmack, a l a n. Sorry, thank you. A couple will pop up, um. A couple will pop up. Like uh, my my personal page is John A, and uh, my music page is John Allen Carmack. Okay. And um, just go right there. It has all my schedule. It has all my info. Um, you can definitely leave me a message there. I did have a website, but I took it down. I'm I'm in the process of doing a brand new one with Bandzoogle. Okay. So um, this and again during this downtime, it's given me time to to get all these ducks in a row. When when things do hit in 2021 i'll be up and ready to go it's awesome you know so so and all that stuff would be on my facebook page i do everything off of facebook and instagram twitter i i'm not a believer of twitter even though i have a even though i have a account and stuff goes over there i'm yep. never on it don't even get me started
1: yeah yep. No, I feel the pain there uh, Twitter either you're a lover or you're a hater I hate it and that's just one of those things no offense so. Twitter but
2: yeah exactly I completely understand um, but uh, but you can get a hold of me there uh, Facebook is it that's where it's at alright oh also you can get my album on any on Spotify you can you can download it on Spotify iTunes Pandora it's up on YouTube and my YouTube channel is John Allen Carmack Official, okay. and it'll go right to it. Um, all the streaming sites, whatever, whatever you stream, it's up there. Even in Australia, even in France, even in... You know, I,
1: CD Baby my distribution, so they're everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, let's get John, let's get John Carmack worldwide, folks. Let's go. Yes, please. Yes. I would love to do those, a tour of those of uh, you in uh, Germany uh, listening to Radio A1A, and I know you do. <laughs> I know for a fact you do. Please download John Allen Carmack. <laughs> yes, and I love beer. <laughs> I will Very work good. for beer just in time for Oktoberfest. <laughs> I'm telling you, if they're having it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much. That was John Allen Carmack. He's an awesome guy. I'm telling you, you are going to love his music when you download it, when you listen to it. Give it a listen. Let us know how you're doing. Let me know how you're doing. And have yourself a great day. And there you go, everyone. That was John Allen Carmack. Uh, Everyone, I would like you to go and check out his Facebook page. Uh, Just go ahead and type in John Allen Carmack. He'll come up for you. Uh, Check out his album, The Kentucky Motel, which has all sorts of great songs on there. Uh, In particular, The Lights of Tampa Bay is probably my favorite on there. And, uh, yeah, as usual. If you guys need any help with any kind of real estate or if you're looking for a palm tree shirt, go ahead and give me a call at 941-202-1995. And today I think we'll go ahead and play out to the lights of Tampa Bay just to make sure we're keeping with uh, John's theme here. So thank you very much, John, for the really great interview and for the friendship. And until then, everyone, keep on keeping on just like those Twisted Palms.
2: Take me.